Also present are Peter Ivey, Chief Deputy County Attorney, Sheriff Jim Olson, and Chief Deputy Sheriff Jason Cameron. Today, I announce my decision on whether the Carver County Attorney's Office will file criminal charges related to the death of Prince Rogers Nelson. The Carver County Sheriff's Office completed their investigation and submitted their reports to my office. This investigation was a coordinated and comprehensive one among several federal, state, and local agencies. I want to thank the United States Attorney, Greg Brooker, and the United States Attorney's Office, and the various federal, state, and local agencies. They have been tremendous partners throughout. I also want to recognize Sheriff Jim Olson and the Carver County officers for their professionalism, competence, and tireless pursuit of the facts. Before announcing my decision, I must talk about my fundamental role as a prosecutor. As the Carver County attorney, I only have jurisdiction to file criminal charges that occur in Carver County. My primary ethical duty as the Carver County attorney is to seek justice within the bounds of the law, not merely to convict. I serve the public interest and must exercise balanced judgment to both pursue appropriate criminal charges based on the evidence and also by exercising discretion to not pursue criminal charges under appropriate circumstances. Therefore, I seek to protect the innocent and convict the guilty, consider the interests of the victims and the witnesses, and respect the constitutional and legal rights of all persons, including suspects and defendants. I am mindful that this is a most unusual and extraordinary case involving a world-famous celebrity. But I cannot factor Prince's celebrity status and tremendous fame into the charging decision. The charging decision must be based on the legal merits and actual evidence adduced, not any particular bias in favor or disfavor of a particular celebrity or public figure. In considering a criminal charge, I must have evidence demonstrating probable cause that a certain crime was committed and there is a reasonable likelihood of conviction based on admissible evidence sufficient to prove the case beyond a reasonable doubt. Proof beyond a reasonable doubt is the highest burden in American law. For the past two years, law enforcement from the Carver County Sheriff's Office, the federal and state agencies have conducted an extensive painstaking and thorough investigation into Prince's death. Their investigation has been extraordinary. The investigation has determined the following. On April 21, 2016, Prince died from an overdose of fentanyl. Fentanyl is a very powerful synthetic opioid that is 30 to 50 times more potent than heroin and 50 to 100 times more potent than morphine. The evidence demonstrates that Prince thought he was taking Vicodin and not fentanyl. Vicodin is an opioid painkiller containing hydrocodone and acetaminophen. Vicodin is used to manage severe pain. The evidence reveals that Prince had experienced significant pain for a number of years and had been taking pain medication for a number of years. The evidence taken from Paisley Park revealed a large number 
of pill bottles containing different medications and pills. A significant number of the pills found by law enforcement at Paisley Park were not in the original container provided by a pharmacy. For example, law enforcement located numerous white capsule pills with Watson 853 imprinted on the pills inside Paisley Park. Like Vicodin, Watson 853 is a legitimate preparation made by Watson Pharmaceuticals containing hydrocodone and acetaminophen. A number of different pharmaceutical companies make pills containing hydrocodone and acetaminophen. Many consumers refer generically to such pills as Vicodin. Notably, the evidence demonstrates that Prince had no known Vicodin or fentanyl prescription. Fifteen of the prescription pills that had the Watson 853 imprint on it were located in Prince's dressing room. Another 64 and a half of these pills were located inside a big bottle and 20 and a half pills were located inside a leave bottle on the nightstand next to Prince's bed. Another loose pill was located in Prince's bed. Prince did not die from a Vicodin or Percocet overdose. The toxicology report is clear that Prince died from an overdose of fentanyl. The evidence suggests that Prince took counterfeit Vicodin containing fentanyl on or about April 21, 2016. Unfortunately, the subject counterfeit Vicodin pills are an exact imitation of real Vicodin pills, but the counterfeit pills contain the potentially deadly opioid fentanyl. Representative samples taken from Paisley Park of the counterfeit Vicodin pills tested positive for fentanyl. Nothing in the evidence suggests that Prince knowingly ingested fentanyl. In addition, there is no evidence that any person associated with Prince knew Prince possessed any counterfeit pills containing fentanyl. In all likelihood, Prince had no idea he was taking a counterfeit pill that could kill him. Others around Prince also likely did not know that the pills were counterfeit containing fentanyl. There is no evidence that the pill or pills that actually killed Prince were prescribed by a doctor. There is also no evidence to suggest any other sinister motive, intent, or conspiracy to murder Prince. The evidence suggests that Prince had long suffered significant pain, became addicted to pain medications, but took efforts to protect his privacy. In fact, Prince did not even own a cell phone, and so that was one important piece of evidence that law enforcement was not able to examine. The investigation also revealed on April 7, 2016, Dr. Michael Schulenberg treated Prince at North Memorial Clinic in Minnetonka. Prince's assistant, Kirk Johnson, contacted Dr. Schulenberg and asked him if he would be able to see Prince because Prince had been experiencing numbness and tingling in his hands and legs and had vomited the night before. Dr. Schulenberg conducted a physical exam of Prince and then provided Prince with IV fluids. Dr. Schulenberg gave Prince two prescriptions for non-controlled substances, vitamin D and another drug to treat nausea. The doctor offered to see Prince again and conduct blood work if it was necessary. Dr. Schulenberg admitted to law enforcement that he put the prescription in Kirk Johnson's name in order to protect Prince's privacy. On April 14, 2016, Johnson contacted Dr. Schulenberg 
and asked the doctor if he would prescribe pain medication for Prince because Prince's hip was bothering him. Dr. Schulenberg stated that he felt comfortable prescribing Prince pain medication for Percocet because he had examined Prince the week before. He prescribed 15 pills of Percocet. Dr. Schulenberg's medical notes indicate that the patient called and was leaving for Atlanta for a concert shortly and hurt his back lifting equipment. He was wondering if he could get, a, get something to treat the pain. Dr. Schulenberg put the one-time prescription of the first 15 Percocet pills in Kirk Johnson's name at the request of Kirk Johnson because Prince wanted to protect his privacy and he did not want any narcotics issued in his name. Police located 10 of the 15 Percocet pills inside Prince's suitcase at Paisley Park as a result of their search warrant. On the evening of April 14, 2016, Prince became unconscious while flying back to Minneapolis from a concert in Atlanta. The plane had to make an emergency landing in Moline, Illinois. At the airport, emergency medical services administered two doses of Narcan to resuscitate Prince. Prince was taken to the hospital and released that same day. No pills were tested by chemical analysis in Moline, but the evidence suggests that it is likely that Prince took a counterfeit Vicodin pill or pills with the Watson 853 imprint on it that was in a Bayer bottle. On Monday, April 18, 2016, Kirk Johnson told Dr. Schulenberg that he, Kirk Johnson, was concerned about Prince's opiate use. On Wednesday, April 20, 2016, Dr. Schulenberg examined Prince again and took a blood sample. Prince stated that he was feeling antsy and asked about opiate withdrawal symptoms. Dr. Schulenberg administered IV fluids and provided a prescription for clonidine, a blood pressure medication that has been used to treat opiate withdrawal symptoms, and also a prescription for an antihistamine similar to Benadryl. That evening, Dr. Schulenberg spoke with Prince's management about arranging chemical dependency treatment for Prince. Prince's management then contacted a recovery center in California to assist Prince with his addiction. A representative from Recovery Without Walls in California traveled to Minnesota on April 21, 2016 to meet with Prince and management in order to get him help. On Thursday morning, April 21, 2016, Dr. Schulenberg communicated to Kirk Johnson that he had Prince's medical records and blood test results. Dr. Schulenberg agreed to meet Kirk Johnson at Paisley Park to drop off the test results. When Dr. Schulenberg arrived, rescue units were on scene. I repeat that Prince did not die from taking the prescribed Percocet since Percocet contains oxycodone and not fentanyl. The evidence that Dr. Schulenberg prescribed Percocet for Prince in Kirk Johnson's name is not germane to the ultimate question I reviewed, which is who provided the counterfeit Vicodin with fentanyl to Prince. Despite the intensive law enforcement investigation, there is no reliable evidence showing how Prince obtained the counterfeit Vicodin laced with fentanyl or who else may have had a role in delivering the counterfeit Vicodin to Prince. As part of the investigation, law enforcement completed forensic analysis on all digital evidence seized pursuant to search warrants. Despite their extensive efforts, law enforcement was unable to determine the source of the counterfeit Vicodin laced with fentanyl.
Therefore, without probable cause and no identified suspect, the Carver County Attorney's Office cannot file any criminal charges involving the death of Prince. The fact that criminal charges are not brought certainly does not mean that some person or persons associated with Prince did not assist or enable Prince in obtaining the counterfeit Vicodin. After all, Prince somehow did come into possession of the pills, and the pills had to come from some source. There is no doubt that the actions of individuals around Prince will be criticized, questioned, and judged in the days and weeks to come. But suspicions and innuendo are categorically insufficient to support any criminal charges. Assigning blame by implication is not my role as the Carver County Attorney and as a prosecutor. My role is to make exacting legal determinations based on established and reliable facts, not to pass moral judgments. To ethically charge anybody with any crime requires probable cause plus a reasonable likelihood of conviction, noting that the threshold of proof in a criminal case is beyond a reasonable doubt to a unanimous, a unanimous jury. The bottom line is that we simply do not have sufficient evidence to charge anyone with a crime related to Prince's death. Because Prince was an intensely private person, he was certainly assisted and enabled by others to obtain some of these medications. Those individuals included, but are not limited to, limited to Dr. Schulenberg and Kirk Johnson. The evidence shows that they followed Prince's direction in maintaining his privacy. However, we have no direct evidence that a specific person provided the fentanyl to Prince. For every legal wrong, there is a remedy, but not every remedy is criminal in nature. Therefore, I am pleased to announce that the United States Attorney's Office for the District of Minnesota just issued a press release announcing a civil settlement with Dr. Schulenberg. We are pleased that the doctor is being held accountable for his actions in writing the prescription Percocet in Kirk Johnson's name. Because I am declined to file criminal charges, the law enforcement reports prepared by the Carver County Sheriff's Office now become public data under Minnesota law. These materials will be available for free download on the Carver County Sheriff's website in the next day or two. Individual data requests are therefore not required. While some portions of the law enforcement data may be redacted consistent with the law, the vast majority of the reports and photos are not redacted. Under Minnesota law, all data is presumed public unless some exception applies. Our state has a very open and transparent process as it relates to data, even criminal investigator reports and photos of crime scenes. This office must comply with the law and therefore the reports and photos are public at this stage since no charges are being filed. In regards to the autopsy reports, Minnesota law is very specific about data that a medical examiner is allowed to disclose. The law provides that the autopsy report, reports, which includes the toxicology reports, are considered private or non-public data under Minnesota law and therefore are not accessible to the public. I would like to conclude by stating that we are in the middle of an unprecedented and horrific epidemic of opioid overdoses in this country. Prince's death is a tragic example that opioid addiction and overdose deaths do not discriminate, no matter the demographic. We wish to express our sincere condolences to the family, friends, and vast legion of Prince's fans. Thank you.
Good evening, people, beautiful people. You are tuned in to Leo Love Affairs, The Queens, here on Anchor FM. And today is Music Monday. As you all know, it's been two years this past Saturday on the 21st that we lost one of the greatest artists of my lifetime, so... This is a sad Music Monday for me. Um, I truly love this man. I can't even express it. But I'll share with you uh, this evening in between um, some of my favorite stories and memories of print and um it was real hard for me it was so very very hard for me and i love sheila e shouts out to my girl she did her thing all her dedications for him how she slid across that stage at the awards Ooh, you do it girl and um mayates or mates um the things that she did when she danced for him, that was so beautiful. And so then, I wonder if you all knew that one year later, on the anniversary of his death, his uh, childhood best friend, homie, his boy, Morris Day, did his own dedication to Prince. Now, this was the dedication that brought me down to my knees. And I actually, I mean, I cried. But this time I cried for my soul. My soul wept when I heard Morris Days. And you know you got to be a bad motherfucker when the king of cool raise up off his throne in all white and sing a love song. Not I'm in love, but how much I love you. You was my motherfucking boy type love. And it's all respectful. It ain't none of that shit that's out here now. In all white. You guys got to go check out Morris Day's dedication to Prince. And I'm going to play it next. And I'm sure I'm going to cry. But it was absolutely beautiful. And I love you, Morris for that. Thank you so much. Wasn't that beautiful? Wasn't that beautiful? I want to say thank you again to Morris Day. That touched my soul. So we are going to begin because this is my personal Prince experience that I'm sharing with you. I want to take you back to the very 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 first song when I fell in love with him even before I saw him I fell in love with the instrumental riff of the intro of this next song because I'm a stringist I play cello <clears throat> again I don't know if you guys know but I played cello for seven years Back in grade school, I don't care if it is grade school, you never lose that skill. You always have an ear for anything string in a song. And then percussions were next. I also played bongos in middle school 
sang in our middle school uh, choir, sang in a church choir. But anyway, up next is the song that caused me to fall in love with this man. And then after that, I will tell you where I was, what I was doing when I first heard that song. I actually need to tell you, I really need to tell you now. Um, it was back, I was seven years old. My mother and father had something to do. They made my big brothers take me with them to a softball game. We go to the softball game, I'm on the bleachers, it's the big kicker box, a local DJ comes on and he was like, up next, we have a newly released, however he said it, and his name is Prince. I said, Prince? And the DJ went straight into the song like I'm about to do right now. And there you have it, folks. That was the song that turned me out on Prince. Yes. Oh, I don't know what to say. I do not know what to say. That is one of my, that is my favorite Prince song. And you can't even, it's so hard to say favorite song. Oh my goodness, see this man, he just kept him coming back to back to back to back. But up next, I'm gonna play another song that is tied to a great childhood moment, Prince moment for me. I'm gonna play the song first and then I'll give my commentary on that. It's so much better when you take it easy, slow. Hey, I could sing it for you if I wanted to, but I don't want to mess this shit up. Uh, that song right there, Slow Love. Now, a lot of people <clears throat> have another slow song by Prince that they love. That slow song, that is my number one slow song because you can hear every single instrument. And it usually you can, but th this is right here. It's so magical. I love first violin, second violins. I can hear the cello. I can hear, you know, of course, the trumpets, every string, percussions. The shit is just so beautiful. And the first time I heard it, I was in my front yard, laying in the grass with my boom box. I was tuned into Mojo, who was a who is a famous Detroit um, MC uh, DJ on the air. He was with 107.5, and he loved Prince. Okay, and when this Sign of the Time albums, which was Prince's first double feature album, um, double album came out, he played it all of it okay and when slow love came on i am not kidding folks i was on the i was laying in the grass beautiful summer night it was one of those nights where everybody was out on the block playing up under the street lights all the parents was out that's back when it used to actually be a village and all the neighbors were friends talked to each other and the kids got along i'm out there with my dog german shepherd i had a german shepherd named rennie and right when this song came in, and he, soon as he said, Young is the night. No bullshit, y'all. 
a shooting star went across the sky. And the music just went with the night. The star shooting over my head. And I know I saw it because the dog saw it. The dog was looking too. And I'm like, oh. And the song was just so beautiful. And that is my story of why Slow Love is my favorite. Now, up next, I'm going to play everybody's favorite slow song, Slow Jam by Prince. Up next. Until the end of time, I'll be there for you. You own my heart and mind. I truly adore you. Hey, if God one day struck me blind, your beauty I still see, and love is too weak to define. Just what you mean to me. I'm telling you, that is the shit. That is the shit. Damn. Woo, that's my second favorite. That is my second favorite. So, as you know, it's time for a life break. But I am not going to leave you empty-handed. What I am going to do is play some of the sexiest slow jams by Prince. And you ought to be pregnant when I come back. So, I shall return. Hello, and we are back. It is time for some station identification. You are tuned in to Leo Love Affairs, The Queens, here on Anchor FM. Tonight is Music Monday. We're here every Monday. And we don't play what's new. We play what's good. Okay, because all this new stuff out here is garbage. So we don't play garbage. Not here. And not the queen. So tonight is my Prince tribute. I was spending time with my boo on Saturday the day of his anniversary, so I didn't get around to it. So um, it's going down tonight. Up next is all of our group members' requests. Stay tuned. A group member, Queen Kimberly Christina, says she fell in love with Prince when she heard this next song. This next request is for T. Sharice Hall. Hey, Queen T. And I want to give a tidbit about this song before uh, I play it. Uh, This song is off of his groundbreaking 1984 Purple Rain album, which was one of the best-selling albums of that year. And at the time, uh, the wife of Al Gore, he was a senator at the time, his wife, Tipper Gore, had picked up a copy for her daughter, who was 11 years old at the time. And she wrote about this experience in this book called Raising PG Kids in an X-Ready Society. And she said that they brought the album home and put it on the stereo, and so the lyrics started playing. And I guess they all was looking around at each other, she recounted. And she said, the vulgar lyrics embarrassed both of us. At first, I was stunned, but then I got mad. 
millions of Americans were buying Purple Rain with no idea what to expect. Thousands of parents were giving the album to their children, many even younger than my daughter. The outrage, well, end quote, that outrage led to the formation of the Parents Music Resource Center, a group organized by Tipper Gore herself and other prominent women in Washington, D.C., in their bid to raise awareness about sexual content in pop songs that the PMRC issued a list of the filthy 15 songs they found most objectable with one of Prince's singles off of his 1984 hit album topping the list. Do you know what he was responsible for? Do you know what Tipper Gore, what she did? You know how you see those labels on CDs and they say parental advisory? Remember that? And then you notice when you start seeing them, it was out when that nasty rap, when Two Live Crew was out, and then the gangster rap, and you had the Easy E's and all of them. And I know a lot of you probably thought that it was because of gangster rap and nasty rap. Nah, baby, here's a public service announcement. That was all because of Prince's following song that led to that being slapped on CDs with uh, sexual or objectual content. Here it is. Oh, yes. I bet you all you Nikki's back then that was a Prince fan was, ah, oh, he made a song for me. He made a song for me. Yeah. But you nasty, Nikki. You heard that? You sure enough know how to grind. <laughs> anyway, up next is another song off of that 1984 hit album, Purple Rain. Now, just listen to me. Listen to me. He was asked by his director to write a song to match the theme of a particular segment, one which involved a intermingled parental difficulties and a love affair. The next morning, Prince had reportedly composed this follow-up song, because I want to give it away. And the song was also about his parental difficulties and about his relationship with Vanity Six and Susan, Susan Muncy. Now, I don't know if you know who she is. She's the one that always wore the teddy bear outfit in Vanity Six. And she always played um, as if she was way younger, like sexy jail bait. See how times have changed? Um, that wasn't the case. She was actually old enough to be in the group. And she was Princess High School's sweetheart. And then came Vanity. Ha ha. And um, Prince wrote and composed everything. And he was playing with... Um, a drum machine called the Lynn LM1. And this particular song, it starts with a guitar solo. 
and then the LM1 drum machine, followed by a looped guitar vocal. And then on the bridge, it has a long guitar and a synthesizer solo. Also, a little fact about this song. He had got caught in the bed with a girl. His dad put him out. It was really, really cold and it was raining. And he called his dad from a payphone. And he asked his dad to please let him come home. He was cold and he was hungry. And his dad gave him some type of speech, said whatever to him, but hung up the phone. So the main line of this song is about that. And everything else is about his relationship with Vanity and Susan Moosey. And here we go. This next song coming up is a request from my twin, Tracy Felton. And uh, Tracy, did you know that he wrote this following song for his, his unborn child? And if you listen to the bridge of this song, it'll make sense. You'll be like, oh, that's why he said that. But yes, he wrote this for his unborn child. Here we are. This next song is for Queen Anise Patterson. And I like it too. Here's yours. People call me rude. I wish we all were new. I wish there were no black, no white. I wish there were no rules. People call me rude. I wish we all were new. I wish there were no black and white. I wish there were no rules. People call me rude. I wish we all were new. I wish there was no black and white. I wish there were no rules. Sing it. People call me rude. I wish we all were new. I wish there was no black and white. I wish there were no rules. Hey. Uh. <laughs> oh, just taking me back. All right. We're going to roll right off into our next song, which is for me. And it's just some more guitar stuff. You know me. Let me let you hear this. Shaka laka boom. What's that? Ha! Yeah, and for everyone who's out there listening, and you are not a Prince fan and you just happened upon this, all I got to say is, shut up already. Damn. All right, up next is another for me that I also enjoy. Ha-ha, <laughs> enjoy all of it. But this one here kind of reminds me of a relationship I used to be in very much every time I listen to the song I think about that knucklehead did you listen to the words of that song he said all that's wrong in my world baby or mama I'm gonna say daddy you can make right you are my hero and you are my light just go back. Listen to the words of that. It's, it's like really cool. I really like it because you ain't got to strain too hard. You know, we can't, we can't mess with his falsetto. But um, I see we are in the Sign of the Times album. I've just been going wherever the music took me. All of the requests 
have been done for our members in the group. And so it's just me and you. Just me and you. So what I want to do, I want to take you with me. Back to sign of the times. Let's go. Isn't it amazing how that song is relevant to the time and age that we're living in right now? Hmm. Full-blown in effect. Who knew that that disease with a low name would be so significant and do the damage that is done? And who actually knew that somebody can go up in the church and kill people while they were worshiping? Ain't that some shit? Imagine you in church praying to your maker and somebody come in and kill your ass. That's fucking horrible. Up next, more from the Sign of the Times album. Starfish and coffee, maple syrup and gel, butterscotch clouds with the tangerine, side order of hell. If you set your mind free, baby, maybe you understand. Starfish and coffee, maple syrup and gel, oh, oh. See, that's going to end it for the Sign of the Times album. Let me say a couple of things. This was his first double album. And uh, that's when I was like, oh, oh. I mean, how are you already in love with somebody and far more in love with them? Is that possible? Because that's what happened when Sign of the Times came, especially when I heard Slow Love and that shooting star went across the sky. So um, there were other jams that were left. I'm not going to play them here. This is a journey that I would like for you to take with me. This is my Prince journey. So I'm playing my all-time favorites, plus it's late. And hold on, y'all. Oh, wow. I had a drive-by domestic situation. <laughs> At 1.54 in the morning. Come on, people. Anyway, yeah, I fell more in love with him, that album. And um, I'm going to, I'm going to go back on, on in this next, this next part. And then I'm going to take a pause. I have to. It's 2 in the morning. Yeah, got to get up. So, um. This next song is like a really, really sweet song. And it's writing about love. And where is it? And why can't I have it? And I'm still, huh? I'm still filling the blank. Yes, that is a jam. I bet a lot of you thought when you heard Rufus and Shaka Khan drop that I Feel For You and it turned into a smash hit. I mean, that's the fucking song. Excuse my French. But a lot of people didn't know that he, uh, he wrote for other people too. He wasn't as selfish as you thought. Okay, he wrote for the Bangles. He wrote for Sinead O'Connor. And that one, Shaka Khan, I Feel For You. So what we're going to do is just maybe like one more. And then I have to take a life break and get some sleep. 
and I'll go into more depth after this next and final song for the night, but it ain't over, baby. Okay, beautiful people, it is time for a life's break called Sleep. And usually, you know, I just shut down Music Monday, but come on, you can't just do Prince in one day. So what's going to happen is tomorrow during Talk Tuesdays, I will continue to add to Music Monday's episodes and um, also do Talk Tuesday. So tune in tomorrow where I will be doing astrology for all. You'll get your astrological forecast before noon, okay, because I have a life. I have to get to the school, see who did what yesterday because I did not show up on Monday. I was knocked out, okay? See what's going on and get all caught up. And then once I get to my desk, I get all set up. Um, the horoscopes for all are going down. I'm going to do your weekly forecast. And then um, I don't know if some of my listeners, my anchor allies know this but I do my call ins on Tuesdays. I wanna try to work on that maybe later on, you know, in due time where I can get to taking call ins as they come. But I like for it to all like uh, kinda go together, you know, group together. So um Maddie Mo, I got your call and I also got the other call ins and we'll be taking call ins tomorrow. Also, tomorrow on Talk Tuesday, or should I say today, because it is 2.24 a.m., we will be covering group topics, whatever the group is talking about. I'll be reflecting that here on the station. Also, store updates on I on our Leo Depot. What's going on with that? It's just a one-day delay. It was something I forgot to switch on when I was working on the website. Um, I, I caught that, but, you know, I caught that tonight because I'm waiting for things to jump off in human error. We'll get to that tomorrow. Um, also, membership is open for the group. Yep. Only till June 23rd. It's a limited time, and we screen heavy. So if you um, would like, if you know a Leo or you love a Leo, because it's not for all of y'all. You just get your own stuff. This is for Leos only. You can um, search the page on Facebook at Love the Leo in You. The event is right there on the page. I posted it. There's a link. I either put the link attached to the event or the link is within the comments. But go in there and follow that link and it should take you to the group and you should be able to join. Um, also, you can keep up with us on Instagram. Yes. Thanks, Facebook, for that extra shit that I didn't need. But we're on Instagram. We are on. We are called LLA underscore the Queens. And what I'll be posting on there, I don't even know yet. Because Facebook gave me the shit I ain't even wanted. Long story. I'll tell you about it tomorrow. And if you would like more information on Leo Love Affairs, 
who we are about and who I am, you can always drop the queen an email at leoloveaffairs at gmail.com. I bid you adieu. This is good night, but I'm going to drop you with my, I'm going to leave you rather with my theme song. Yeah, I'm going to leave you with my theme song and I'll be back with you guys later, later on this morning. Sleep well and think of me every time you hear this song because indeed I am the next song that's coming up.